What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode. Bing, of on welcome the back. Power play. Bing's back. Bing's Double back. B's, like his uh, initials. Bing's back. Oh yeah, episode number Jason Allison. If you're confused, so are we. Uh, another weak number, the number forty-one. Uh, Jason Allison uh, had two goalie. Uh, bleh, way to go, Brian. Way to start the episode off hot. Uh, he had two thirty-goal <laughs> seasons. Uh, propel him into the top spot at number 41. By the end, Allison had totaled 485 points when he retired in 0506. I don't know who he is. I don't know who he played for. Do you guys know? Jason Allen. Let me calm down and I'll... I'll I was going to say, Adam, are you okay over there? You having a no. Looks like he spent most of his career with Toronto and Boston. Oh, that explains a lot. Yeah, that does explain a lot. Uh, but he's our number 41. So uh, welcome to episode Jason Allison. Great number choice. And guys, I got to be honest with you. I don't know about you, but I'm catching the hockey bug. We are four days away from the time of recording of this episode from there being hockey, preseason hockey, and also not any of the teams we care about. But the Canadians and the Maple Leafs will be facing off at 7 p.m. in four days for some preseason Ooh. action. So uh, we're Will getting gassed fans? up for some hockey here. What was that? Are they allowing fans? I have no idea. That's a uh, Cana- it's a Canadian think- thing. I have no idea what they're doing in Canada. I think they are. Oh. I heard they were. I got no idea what's going on in Canada. You would think I'd have like a, at least like a little bit of a pulse on it, but uh, no, got nothing. <clears throat> Googling it. Jujulet. Jujulet. Uh, we missed you, Brian. Yes, sir. We did, we did a lot of... Uh, a lot of segments last week, just me and Adam just going bang, 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 yeah, bang, bang. I saw that. You guys were on fire with the shoulda, coulda, woulda segment and your uh, awkwardly, and not awkwardly, but definitely shockingly informational segment about the Red Wings. Oh, yeah. I, I did not know you guys knew so, much, knew so much. Uh, well, listen. Secretly, I'm, I don't live in Pennsylvania. I'm actually from Detroit. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I knew you didn't live in the woods. Don't ask me how I made the commute to school, though, because that was crazy. Oh, it's just insane. I had to take a flight, red eye. Yeah, I, I, what I did, I James Bonded it, and I just jumped out of planes every week. Guys, it's crazy to think Jesus people Christ, are... it's Jason Bourne. What? <laughs> people are back at our school. That's, like, crazy to think. Like, people think being I back at schools is nuts. Yeah. How do you like, think I feel? I, I take care of them at work all the time. I ring them yeah. up. Oh, you guys go to the war. You guys are warriors. Yeah, we're warriors. warriors. I don't even have to ask. I just know. You honestly He's... could not pay me to go back to any form of school. Elementary really? to college. You could not force me to go back. I'd go back to elementary, I think. Nope. Sweet. Sweet. Nope. <laughs> Way too much learning for, for you, O'Brien, here. I don't know, man. You get to read the. Uh... Berenstein Bears. Oh, that's true. Oh, what is that? What is that? Um, oh, good. Oh, come, come on, Brian. Pig. Get it together. Get it. Uh, something about uh, this. So there's a tree house and time travels. Oh, Magic oh, Tree House. Is that it? The Magic Tree House? I yeah. think so. Hold those on. Those books were fire. Those books Google. were fire. I had them on an audiobook. I would sleep to those things. Time traveling tree house. <laughs> yes. It is the magic tree house. You are somebody throw a, De- threw a DeLorean in a tree. <laughs> Time traveling tree house. Where, we go, where we go, we don't need trees. <laughs> where we go, we don't need trees. <laughs> Literally, because they've all burned down. Capitalism. Going <laughs> <laughs> off the rails. Uh, speaking of capitalism, folks, we got contracts signed. We got money being. Slinged around out here by the league. We're going to start with the biggest one, mostly because it involves a goalie, and you know Brian and his goalies. Elvis Merzlikens re-signs with the Columbus Blue Jackets. Five years, 27 mil. That is a 5.4 AAV. Do you guys think this makes them at least a serviceable team for the next five years based off of having a good goaltender pretty much locked up? Yeah. Well, I won't say yeah, because a lot of it has to play in. I mean, they've obviously had some good goaltenders before. And uh, uh, they're just happy. At least they 
think a good goaltender wants to stay with them. So that's their plus. Yeah, but I think you gotta, we got to talk about that some more. Uh, somebody actually wanted to sign in Columbus. Yeah. That's yeah. wild. Yes. It's a wild concept nowadays. It seems like nobody wants to stay. Um, but they did lose Seth Jones. So, I mean. Do they have that is my only question anything? mark on this team. Is yeah, so like what's it look like as far as the outlook? Like, I feel like this is a team with no clear-cut idea of what it is that they want in the future. They have Patrick mm-hmm. Line and Elvis Merzlikens, and other than that, they just lost Cam Atkinson. I guess they got Jake Voracek. But like uh, they, I think the biggest young uh, I shouldn't say the biggest, because I feel like um Texier, Alexander Tex Texier. I think it's how his pronounces bounce. I don't know. I believe you. Um, but him and Jack Roslovic are probably the two best prospects right now. I don't know any of their defensemen. Jake Bean's there, so that's a that's a good. Oh, that's true. They did get Jake Bean. Um, and then your goal ten eight. My biggest question mark. I honestly think is going to be the defense without Seth Jones back there. They also Agreed. have Adam Boquist. So I don't know. I I would be. It would kind of be a stretch for me to say that they could be a playoff team. I think, if anything, they're wild card. They're not clear-cut, like, top three, but they're definitely a wild card, in my opinion. Well, you also got to remember they're in the Metro, which is, yet again, you could consider it the most competitive division in the league. Just another year for that division to be a thing. Um, I mean, Matt and I watch that division all the time, and it's absolute mayhem. But Matt, I gotta ask you since we've obviously watched Jake Voracek pretty pretty closely for the last eight years of his career, do you think that at this point in his career, do you think he improves that team? Yes. Why? Because yes. if you put him against Patrick Line at Jake Voracek's best, he's one of the premier passers in the league. And you put the puck on a tee for Mr. Patrick Line, you can put on you can put in a lot of goals. So but would you consider Jake Voracek at this point in his career at his best? Okay. Uh, at streaks, yes. He's always been a streaky player. You can you can't disagree with that. And that that's true, but I'm I'm just struggling to believe that the Cam Atkinson for Jake Voracek trade that Columbus ended up winning that. Like I said, I think it's going to have to deal with um, Jake and Patrick Line really uh, getting together and uh, collecting points. Think about it. How how good of a passer Jake's been. We've seen Jake been. And how, even uh, the year of the pandemic when everything went awry, he was one of the best passers in the league. He didn't even come close. He, he didn't get 20 goals, but he was one of the top point getters on the team because he got all those assists, you know? Right. Right. And yeah, I can agree with you there, but it, and it's also, is Patrick line going to be any good? I mean, is he committed to being on this team? Is he committed to being his best for the team? And I guess you could say for himself, we also don't know that I'm, I'm kind of hard strung to see this team being a playoff team, but it is good that they have Elvis locked up for five years. It's a good goaltender to have locked up, um, especially with everything that happened in the off season with their other goaltender, whose name I currently cannot remember. Um, oh, um, oh, geez. Shoot, I yeah. You're talking about uh, Kivlenix. Kivlenix, I believe. Yes. Um, Matisse. Matisse. Yes. Matisse Kivlenix. Um, so right now their two goaltenders are Eunice Corposalo and Elvis Merzlikens, obviously not the worst tandem to have two years ago. That was awesome. I that was still, also two years ago. I still think it might be awesome. To be perfectly honest with you. I would consider it good. What and this the- is going to be a team that's going to need mm. the benefits of some good goaltending. So I'd say a great deal, especially at five and five. I think that's a solid contract for both team and Elvis. So we'll see how that ends up panning out. Uh, As far as more important contracts being signed, it has just dropped literally a couple minutes ago. Kirill Kiprasov has re-signed 
He got five Ooh. years, 45 mil. That's a nine mil AAV. And the last two years of his deal are going to be no move clause, um, which is interesting to say the least that he would save it for the last two years of the deal. Um, I'm not quite sure what the, uh, the plan with that is. Um, Adam, you might have a better idea of what that could mean. You're kind of the contract guy. I wouldn't go that far, but I mean, thinking, <laughs> let's about- not go far. The boys let's <laughs> not go far. thinking about it. I, I don't really know. I still think the whole, uh, thing about him wanting to go play for Russia was a negotiation tactic to get the 9 million that he now has. Um, The only thing I could see is maybe it's something that Minnesota put on their end as far as like, we'll give you this money, but we want, uh, what did he sign for? A five-year deal? So the last two? We want three years to make sure that A, you're committed here and we didn't just bust the bank for you and the wheels fall off in three years. So right. it's a little wiggle room to possibly deal him if they need cap relief later on, because they're going to need it. Yeah. And, you know, as far as this team is concerned, we obviously saw good things from them last year, making the playoffs and everything like that. Um, but uh, my, my, my main concern is their goaltending holding, holding up uh, with Cam Talbot and uh, Kakinen. In that, I think is his name. Kakinen? Yes. Yeah. Uh, with those two holding up uh, as well as they did last year. I mean, from what Matt and I saw when Cam Tabo was in Philadelphia, it was not great, but he did have a good year like in Minnesota. I feel like that's just a product of Philadelphia, to be perfectly honest with you. Hey, 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 hey. Watch your mouth over there. I'm just saying, if I look at his stats, Everything is fine. He had a little hiccup in Edmonton the last year he was there. And then the wheels fell off in Philly. And then he bounced back in Calgary and Minnesota. So I don't know. And Edmonton, and I hate to say it, boys, Edmonton and Philly are notorious for not having great defense. That is true. That is true. So I wouldn't blame the goaltender. I'd blame the defense in front of him as far as those stats go. But, yeah, I would say re-signing the Calder Trophy winner from the year before to a five-year, nine-mil deal is great for Kareel, but nine-mil AAV yeah, for a rookie? That's going to hurt. Man, that is breaking the bank. Break at, at the same time, he's going to be, if he sticks around, which I, I feel like this is all but says he's sticking around, He's going to be the face of the Minnesota Wild for the next while. Oh, I mean, yes. Franchise tag like Parise did when he first got there. Um, but we'll see. Like I said, they're, they're in a uh, all or nothing year, I think, right now. Because they're not going to have a lot of cap space to work with come uh, next season. Agreed. Um, I don't know if I consider it an all or nothing because I don't think this team has any aspirations of winning a cup with how it's put together right now. Um, losing see. losing two leaders like Parise and Suter. That's why I think it's all or nothing. Why? I mean, I guess. They're pretty much making the stance like we're looking to get younger. Uh, so we cut ties with what I, I wouldn't say they're the best, but with the oldest stars that we have, and we're looking to skew younger, and they're putting all their chips in on Kirill Kaprizov leading the charge for the next five years right now. Right. Um, so we'll see what happens. But I like if something good doesn't come out of this season for them, there's going to be some issues. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Matt, how do you think this kind of affects that team with putting a lot of money into this rookie? And uh, do you think it's like an all or nothing year? Or do you think that's them just trying to make sure their future is locked up as they try to get there as fast as possible? Um, I think it's going to work out. I think Kirill is going to be the, a consistent 30 goal scorer that they're hoping to be. Plus I think it's going to rejuvenate the power play. I think, um, like I said, it's going to be interesting to see what their defense looks like come 
uh, next, even this year and the next coming years, because, you know, it's, it's a lot of money going to a forward. Mm-hmm. So there's not going to be a whole lot I, to spend. Yeah. But I think it's going to work. Looking at the defense, the way it's laid out, if Dumba was a casualty before, he sure as hell is going to be a casualty next season if something good doesn't come out of this year. Yeah. He's, he's the only quote unquote easily to move player because uh, Spurgeon has a no movement clause. Jonas Brodin has a full no movement clause. Alex Goligoski has a no movement clause. Um, and they're all making between five and almost eight million per player. Dumba making six and he has a modified no trade. So he's going to. That be- is ridiculous. He has a 10-team no-trade list, uh, Dumba does. Everyone else has a full no-move. That is crazy to have that many players on no-movement contracts. Actually, You I give like yourself them. almost no wiggle room as a franchise to be able to yeah. do anything. Well, you know who else has that rails. problem? You know who else has that problem? Tampa Bay. And they're in Tam- capital. Tampa does have that problem, but also you have to think when it really comes down to it, it's still yeah. Tampa Bay. <laughs> yeah. But just like another team, like you have your example of a team that can make it work and Minnesota that thinks they can make it work. And time will tell if they can make it work. That is true. That is true. Speaking of guys that have made it work, basically their entire career that spans 24 NHL seasons. Ooh. That is right. Big Z is going back to where it all started in 1996. He is coming back to the New York Islanders on a one year league minimum. 750,000 deal. How do you, how do you guys who, feel about this? Do you think it's kind of this? a last hurrah or? When we talking about this, like this might be a really good destination for him to go to. Yeah. That was me that called that. I didn't want to make oh, a big deal. You? I didn't want to make a big deal that I got something right, but like, I, you know, it's just, it's, I called it. That's what happens. Yeah, it's a, bl- a blind moronic squirrel can find a nut once in a while. Hey, a broken clock is right twice a day. It's because it's wrong. It's not working. <laughs> because it's wrong. <laughs> Matt, look me in my eyes, okay? Do I look like someone who's functioning ever? Okay. <laughs> Maybe. You might be yeah. a functioning alcoholic. Le- There's, Le- well, <laughs> now that makes sense. <laughs> uh, yes, but Zdeno oh. Char at 44 years old is signing back with the New York Islanders for a one-year deal. This might be his last season, kind of a last hurrah. Uh, when he was asked about it, he said, quote, it's kind of full circle. Who would know this would work out the way it did? I'm very honored and humbled to be an Islander again. The organization has been through some transitions over the last 20 years. Yeah, uh, no shits in Uh, But we can all see the progress and the positivity the team has. And you want to know what? Good for Z. I don't know how much this helps the Islanders, but Z mm. has found himself on a cup contending team. So good for you. Honestly, I don't know. Of all the teams that we've talked about thus far, the Islanders are the weirdest, especially when it comes to defense. Oh, it's so weird. Nothing sticks out to me that says, ah, this could be a good defensive team. Is This is one of those teams where they're relying so heavily on their coach's game plan. Which, you know, is fair. I would actually, it, I it is fair, but, but they're relying like so heavily on that coaching staff doing the same thing that they had done in the last couple of seasons with their forwards playing incredible defense. I'm trying to find the roster that the Capitals had when they won the cup and what their defense looked like. Would you say won the cup? I might have won. Listen, I don't think they won the cup. But, like, I think obviously Barry Trotz is an incredible coach. He's basically a genius. We know this. But when you rely so heavily on your forwards playing incredible defense and have pretty lackluster defensemen, you could either be a top tier team or in the bottom of the league. There's really no mediocre in between that you could probably be if you're putting all of your chips in the Barry Trotz basket. I'm not going to lie to you. Looking at the defense Washington had when they won the cup. Right. Uh, I, I kind of see some parallels. I'm not going to lie. There's well, some... no, because relying on Barry Trotz's system can work. It, it can. 
but there have been so many times when it hasn't. But at the you only need the one time to work. That's true. Like at the end of the day, no one's gonna remember the five other times it didn't work when you win the cup. It's gonna be like, oh hey, we did it. Yeah, that's Tampa in that one time they got swept in the first round by the Columbus Blue Jackets. Exactly. Everybody for, everybody forgot about that. I didn't forget. I watched it live. It was fun. Oh, it was so fun. Matt, how do you think uh, Big Z going to the Islanders kind of – first off, how do you think it works out for Z, and then how do you think it ends up working out for the Islanders? Because it's definitely not like they're getting the Zidane Chara from 10 years ago. They're not getting the aged and confused Zidane Chara. <laughs> Mr. Zeppelin. Uh, so I think um, depending on injuries, because I think they're a team that has played a lot of hockey – over the even though we only played fifty four games last year plus whatever playoff games they played, they played more hockey than a lot of teams. So he might be a reserve piece case like you know Roman Lord knows Roman Polak gets hurt mm-hmm. or 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 Adam Pellick, you know Pellick Pollock, all these boys PPs the PPs the PPs. Um, but uh, who did they have? And Andy Green. Yeah, yeah Green. Yes. Yeah, Andy Green. Is he? He was an offenseman, right? A defenseman. No, he was. He was a big defense, defenseman. Yeah. yeah. Uh, did he retire? Yo, nope. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, he I figured so. I, I, he I, I He's still on cap friendly. <laughs> Never mind. Good for you. Another old man. Yeah. So they yeah. had another age, aged, uh, aged defenseman. It's gonna see. Um, like I said, they're. Like you said, actually, uh, Barry Trotz has a system that these go these boys rely on heavily. They are constantly in one goal games, so I don't think that will change. I think that will stay the same even with Zdeno Chara. Uh, let's see it, man. They're going for it. Yeah, Andy Green is on the last year of his contract, uh, so they're going to have two chiseled veteran defensemen. Um, and could it work out? Awesome. It could, could it backfire incredibly? It also could. So obviously we'll have to see, uh, hopefully, uh, for Matt and I's sake, it backfires just in the best way. Uh, no offense, um, to our, our friends at, uh, take a pitch. Sorry, not sorry, but you know, not sorry. (laughs) Um, and in other contract news, uh, Travis Zaychak is going to sign a one day deal with the devils to retire as a devil. Uh, he spent 15 years in New Jersey was drafted in 2004, played in 1037 career, regular season games, had 203 goals and 349 assists and served as an, as an assistant captain in seven of his last eight seasons. Uh, so that is the career of a one Travis Zajac. Congratulations to him and on his retirement. And I kind of like it when guys come back to a team and sign a, a one day contract, kind of like when uh, Brian Dawkins did it with the Eagles. I think it's a nice little victory lap. Obviously, I don't think Matt much enjoys it. He just no. threw something at they're the, corny. Uh, the screen. They're, co- they're corny. They're so corny. what? They're corny. Oh, so what the corny? It's like this is sports, and like, oh, we just love the corny stuff. Um, damn right, pander to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all, all right. Bryce Harper does is just pander. You think he actually he does it. all that stuff, like, because he wants to? No. Yeah. yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. His PR like guy what? is telling him what? what to do, and he does it, and I love it personally. No. Uh, but no, he's not doing all that stuff with a fanatic because he wants to. Okay. Yes, he does. No, no he yes, does. Yes, he does. No, he yes, doesn't. he does. Matt, yes, he does. Come on, man. Yes, he does. You you think one day contracts are corny, but yes. you truly believe that a guy like Bryce Harper cares that much about a city. Yes. My ass. Yes, he does. <laughs> My ass. <laughs> I mean, come on. A city that's willing to sit, see him play every day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Come on. Mm. <laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. That's, all right. We're not even talking about hockey here. Get on track. Oh, boy. All right. Oh, um, as far as hockey is concerned, the Seattle Kraken jerseys are now available for purchase to the general public. So scoop Woo! those up if you're interested in one of those, like for your jersey collectors out there who want to get their hands on them. 
Right and now then, they're regular jersey priced, but that could change in the next 24 hours. It could, but apparently they're a hot commodity. After you've done that and you have a little extra money left over, head on over to the on the power play store and buy our merch. Yeah, I just got two sweatshirts, folks. It's about to be cold. Gonna want to bundle up with some on the power play merch. It is cold. Only in the mornings right now. Is it cold? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Oh, it is nice. It is nice where it's not like s- sticky hot in the mornings. Ugh. Ugh. One of the worst parts about the <laughs> Northeast. Um, speaking of one of the worst parts about the Northeast, Sidney Crosby. Uh, so he's been injured <laughs> and ended up having to get wrist surgery. Uh, he did practice today on the ice, but it's uh, apparently undecided uh, or unannounced as to if he will make the opening of the season or when he will be back. How do you think this affects the Penguins as a team at this point? Not saying that they're a lesser team than they have been, but definitely a team on the downswing of a, uh, of a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Parabola. Parabola. Um, I think, I mean, obviously, if Sidney Crosby's not on ice, that is a huge piece of the puzzle out of Pittsburgh's lineup. Probably the biggest. And if, no, that, not the same either. The yeah. biggest. The biggest piece of the puzzle. Like, who are we talking about here? Exactly. We're talking about Sidney Crosby. Yes. <laughs> you know? That's exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to... To me, this Penguins team, as much as it's still a competitive team, I don't think it's what it used to be. And missing Sidney Crosby for however amount of time it could be, it's definitely going to hurt more than it's going to help. They don't have too much of a defense to rely on. Evgeny Malkin is not the same. Uh, Chris Letang is not the same. Their goaltending in Tristan Jari as as – good you could say as it was last year Tristan Jari is very up and down as a goaltender we saw last year it could be a down year and then what you know you're missing your your pinnacle your your captain your keystone if you will as it is the keystone state um I think it really hurts the team if he is going to miss uh, a little bit of the first portion of the season Adam what about you how do how do you feel about it Adam, buddy. Adam, you there, good buddy. Adam, buddy. Adam, I think he froze. Oh, my Lord. I think we lost Adam. Should we call the oh, paramedic? He back? Oh, he's back. Uh, he's... Adam, you there? He says, internet. he says his internet's acting up, so. Adam, no! Ah. Oh, he's back. Okay, he's back. Hello. Did you hear my question? Good buddy. Hello. He can't hear us. I can hear you. Hello. Okay, and you okay? Did you hear my question? No, I didn't. Oh, um. So with Sidney Crosby being out, how do you think it affects the Penguins from here? I'm gonna hope my internet holds out. Um, I feel like we have this question all the t- uh, we have this talk all the time about the Penguins and how the wheels are about to fall off, and I don't buy it a second. I think they still have at least a year, maybe two left before the wheels fall off. Um, and I feel like at the same time, they have enough depth and core that they can fill as big of a hole as it is that Sidney Crosby is going to leave. I think uh, they'll be able to fill it a little bit until he comes back. I don't think he'll be gone long. Um, and they'll be fine back in the playoffs doing what they do best. And that's pissing off Fish and Brian. So you don't think and the you, wheels are falling you, off this franchise? They beat you, they beat you in the cup. They did beat you in the cup. That did happen. Yeah, but I I, I don't hate them as much as you two do. You know, I don't hate them as much as you think I would. That's fair. I I hate the Bruins far more. I loathe the Bruins. That's, you know, that's with a passion. Um, But I mean, we'll we'll have to see. Uh, Adam's got a different take on that. That's actually fascinating. I didn't expect that take (laughs) out of you. Um, but yes, he is beginning to work out with the team, but beginning to work out with the team now might not mean that he's going to be ready for training camp or ready for the beginning of the season. So that'll be something that we have to keep track of, uh, in other kind of injury related stuff, still in the Metro Kevin Hayes today, actually 
had abdomen surgery and will miss six to eight weeks. So at best, he can make the beginning of November. At worst, he makes the end of November. How do you think this changes the Flyers lineup going into this year? Would you have to force Morgan Frost up even if he's not ready, especially with Wade Allison also being uh, down? Yeah, it's definitely people have to step up, you know. It's a shame what Kevin Hayes has to go through because he had the surgery at the beginning of the offseason. He had this exact surgery, and then working out, skating with the boys at Voorhees, he tweaked it again, and uh, being on the side of caution, had surgery again. So it's tough, man. Uh, I'm pretty sure Claude Giroux had this injury a couple of years ago when he tried, decided to play through it, and it wasn't that the, the best move. So, um, you know, people are going to have to stick up, stand up. Uh, it's best that we get off to a good start because, you know, it's, it's just going to help everything and not a giant snowball form and, you know, us playing catch up because playing catch up is hard to do, especially in the Metropolitan. And uh, I think um, we'll be f- all right. We'll be all right. And another- I know it's tough. You got, you really have to uh, look at guys like Travis Konechny and he has to have a big bounce back season. You have to ha- look at guys who are like Cam Atkinson. He's his role just increased more because He's definitely going to be a penalty killer, but he, now he's not going to have Hayes as a partner. It seemed like they were going to be partners at least. Right. So, Yeah, and on top of that, you have to think of a, di- a couple different wrenches thrown into this. Uh, unfortunately for Kevin Hayes, he did just lose his brother, and now he's not going to be able to practice or do any of that stuff with the boys until November. Uh, so that's got to be hard on him first. And then second, when you look at his replacements, you have to think Morgan Frost hasn't played in a game in over a year. So right. that's going to well, be difficult. The rookie game. Besides, besides the rookie, the rookie game. games, but that's going to be difficult to come back from. Adam, as somebody outside of the Philadelphia fan spectrum, how are you kind of viewing the loss of Kevin Hayes for this Philadelphia team? I It's hard for me to say because I am so far removed from the Philadelphia Flyers as far as like a viewing fan perspective that I don't know it's not like me talking about Sidney Crosby and what hole that leaves on the Penguins. It's a completely different mindset for me. Cause I don't know the player. I don't know the team aside from what I've seen and just looking on paper, I think they can fill that hole until he gets back. My biggest question mark. And it's really not even something that I think Kevin Hayes could have helped if he was on the ice is going to be once again, their defense, which they fixed but their goaltending. I do not like this goaltending tandem at all. And well, you also, you, you've seen Martin Jones for, for many years. What's uh, what's your take on the tandem here, both having tough seasons last year, but also San Jose, not having what I would call the most stout defense in front of Martin Jones. Uh, It's good in the sense that I feel like as a San Jose shark, he got played too much. There wasn't a, established backup that if Jones struggled, they could throw the backup in and the team could rebound a little bit. Both the backups were not anywhere near what I would have wanted for our team. And I feel like it's good in the sense that his workload is going to be a lot more limited, but it's bad because that means Carter Hart's workload is going to expand. And I don't know if he's ready to handle that yet. So there's... (laughs) Yeah, from the reports in Philadelphia, it seems like it's going to be a 70-30 split, and depending on Carter's play, it might end up being a 60-40 split. Um, but it's definitely not going to be 50-50. So we will have to see, and I do agree that that will probably be Philadelphia's main issues would be in the goaltending department if it can bounce back and be at least be better than it was last year, which was the worst in the league. Um, to move forward with our last bit of news here, uh, Jonathan Drouin has uh, spoken out about his absence in the playoffs last year for the Montreal Canadiens, had an interview Monday night with uh, TVA Sports, uh, where he revealed that he was suffering from anxiety and insomnia um, that had been afflicting him for years, but uh, were kind of aggravated during that time. 
Uh, the 26-year-old said his problems reached a peak as the team was warming up for its April 23rd game in Calgary against the Flames. Duran was caught on camera looking pale and suddenly leaving the ice to return to the dressing room. Uh, when he was asked, he said, quote, that week was difficult for me. I had fallen ill to the point where I was no longer controlling my body. That was really the moment when I realized that I needed to take a break from hockey to take a step back. Uh, I'm always on the side of I, I support guys that come out about their mental uh, mental health problems and that he was aware enough to understand they needed to take a step away from hockey, I think was the healthy thing for him to do. Now in a market like Montreal, they're not going to view it like that. They're kind of savages out there. So I'm interested to see if Jonathan Duran ends up getting moved at some point here out of Montreal because of this stuff happening. But obviously if he comes back this year and is a big asset for the Canadians, I think he would stay. Uh, but I do support guys uh, having this kind of uh, mental awareness to step away when they need to. Um, so hopefully Jonathan Juwan is in a healthy mind space and can uh, be an asset for his team. Uh, other than that, I, I don't have any other NHL news. Do you guys? I just thought of this because we were talking about Drewen and the interview triggered this memory. Do we want to talk about the Evander Kane interview and where all that's looking like oh yeah you can go right ahead my friend take uh, uh take the spearhead you, on that did you either of you two see the interview i did not see it so that's why i was hoping you could take the spearhead on that yeah no uh, i was just curious <laughs> if you guys had seen it um so i think it was last week i think it was like right after me and fish recorded the pod it was, it was shortly thereafter uh evander kane sat down with espn and talked about the um the betting scandal uh, didn't really touch too much on uh, all it was mentioned, all the issues with um, his estranged wife and everything that's going on there. Um, listening to the interview, nothing really sounded off. I know in the group chat, um, I think one of our friends was saying that uh, he got the sense that Kane was kind of lying through his teeth about a lot of it. Um, I didn't get that sense, but oddly enough, my sister, who, as we know, is not a hockey fan is slowly getting into hockey um, was in the room when I was listening to the interview and she actually picked up on something that I didn't even pick up on. Kane was asked. Um, I don't remember the exact question, but I believe it was um, if he's ever betted on his own games or what has he betted on? I think it was, what has he betted on? And he basically worked around the question and talked about the problem. He didn't, answer and say i've bet on this i've bet on this i've bet on this uh he he just like avoided the question which was the biggest red flag that came out of that interview after it was pointed out to me that i mean someone i actually equated this to when i was talking because my mom and my sister were both in the room when the interview was going on and i equated this to michael jordan and his betting problems that were notorious and highlighted in the um, the Last Dance documentary that ESPN did. And he came right out and said, I'd never bet on my games. I never bet on myself, but I bet on golf. I bet with the boys. I played poker. I, I bet on just about everything. I have, it's not a problem, but I bet a lot. Right. So... I think it's a little weird that someone of Michael Jordan's caliber can answer a question like that without any hesitation. And Evander Kane's got to kind of skirt around it a little bit. Right. Uh, to me, my only thing is that might be by advice from his lawyers or the fact that the case is currently ongoing and that's, that's not something possible. he's allowed to discuss that makes um, sense. because of uh, directions from the court and or his lawyer. Matt, I don't know if you have a different opinion on that, but um, that would be my guess as to why he didn't directly answer that question. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. You know, you just kind of have to let the uh, investigation show that you're clean. Exactly. Not just you be like, I'm clean, I'm clean, I'm clean. I can agree with that completely. Yeah. yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, personally, from what it sounds like, I don't think he did any like wrongdoing. I think he does have a gambling problem and definitely yeah. has issues with his estranged wife. But uh, 
I don't think he did any wrongdoing as far as betting on himself or his own team. It might be a situation. It might be a Pete Rose situation, you know, where he just had a gambling problem and it ended up being that he bet on games in his own league, which by the way is expressly prohibited. I'm pretty sure in every single NHL contract. So he did. I think actually, I'm not sure. I thought he was allowed to bet on NHL games. He just can't bet on shark games or anything involving him. I thought was the the rule. I could very well be wrong. I haven't looked into the, the betting rules. Which is weird because when you think about it, especially when you get late in the season, there are a lot of different games that matter a lot to the Sharks and to a bunch of teams. This is true. Um, so that's that's kind of an interesting way to word that if that's the way that's worded in the contracts. But we don't know. We do not know. Uh, but as far as I'm concerned, especially with what how you explained it, Adam, I don't think he's done anything wrong other than no. just having a gambling problem. That was pretty much the sense I got listening to it. And he, I don't think he like came right out and said, I have a problem, I'm getting the fix. But he did say, like, I have a problem and I'm taking steps to better that. Which so, is good that he's aware yeah. of it and isn't trying to deny everything. Like, I don't have a problem and everything like that. The, um, the biggest question mark i think right now that aside from the investigation which that's ongoing that'll get resolved the biggest question mark remaining in all this is where does he and the team from the players side stand on this because from all the insider reports it still seems like a lot of the players don't want him around i think recently mario ferraro came out and sued by evander kane and said he's my teammate and i am very happy to play with him which Good for Mario. I feel like Mario. It's a great. I have all the sharks right now. Sharks prospects right now, if I can even still call him that. Mario Ferraro is probably one of my favorites. So I'm glad to see he's sticking up for his teammate. So we'll see. I'm still not 100% convinced. A lot of what is being said is 100% true. Mm-hmm. We'll see what happens. My biggest concern is Tomas Hurdle. Right. And his comments specifically. Just um, the whole situation. Like, it seems like he's this is going to go down to the wire, I think, as far as negotiations are concerned. I just hope that everything works out and he sticks around. It definitely seems like the veteran core on the Sharks is more against him coming back. I could see that. I believe. Yeah. Um, um, and who knows why? Left. Maybe locker room issues, but, you know, who knows? Well... I don't know. I feel like once Pavelski, Thornton, that that group left, it kind of everything unraveled. Agreed. Yeah, kind of. That's definitely how it kind of seems from the outside looking in. Uh, But we are now in the last segment of the evening where we're going to continue our division breakdowns and how we think they're going to pan out. As we are going in alphabetical order, we have now reached the central division which uh, I will list the teams for you gentlemen, and then we can get into it. The Chicago Blackhawks, the Arizona Coyotes, the Nashville Predators, the Winnipeg Jets, the St. Louis Blues, the Minnesota Wild, the Colorado Avalanche, and the Dallas Stars. This one strikes me as wide open because there are a lot of question marks in this division. Um, But who would like to go first? Who wants to take the, uh, the leap of faith here? I'll start first because I have a hot, I have a hot take in this division, and it talks with one of the teams that you're a fan of, and I'm talking about the St. Louis Blues. I have so many question marks looking at this team. Oh yeah, so many question marks, and that was one of my hot takes. I don't think they're making the playoffs this year. I think it's wild card at best. At best, okay. So you're wild card. So you're in the you're in the boat with me. You think they're going to struggle? It's it's getting weird. It's like a lot of the is it especially with the Vlad Tarasenko is, stuff. What was that? Is it a locker room problem? Do you think this they're going to hit? I don't think it's a locker room issue as much as it's a Vladimir Tarasenko just straight up is done with how the franchise has handled his injuries in the last couple of years and things like that. Um, and I think that when your captain is having these issues, it takes an effect on the entire team. 
Well, Ryan O'Reilly's the captain, right? So, oh, right. No, I'm sorry. Has- uh, O'Reilly the, is the captain. That's on me. But one of your yeah. leaders has that kind of problem with the franchise. That can affect the entire team. Now, the guys are going to look to veteran leadership like um, Ryan O'Reilly or like David Perron. Um, but right now, there's not a whole lot in the prospect realm. Things are kind of on the downswing from their Stanley Cup run. Uh, big question mark, uh, like it is in Philadelphia, it is in St. Louis with the goaltending with Jordan Bennington. Uh, can he have a bounce back year? Um, and yeah, I, I kind of stand by them being kind of a wild card or miss. Um, but with, with that note, then, uh, Matt, what do you have as far as the rest of the division? And then who are your three to make it and your wild card? Well, you're talking about a tight, tight division. Yes. Uh, go list out the names again of the division. The Blackhawks, Coyotes, Predators, Jets, Blues, Wild, Avalanche, and Stars. Oh, my Lord. That's well, tough. <laughs> that is, that is just hearing those names and all of the reaction, the, those are all teams that were cont- contending for, you know, playoff spots last year, except for Coyotes. What's but, not uh, tough even, is the Avalanche winning this division. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good point. They're they're, but you don't know how how you, the Dallas Stars had a rough year last year because of the COVID. Mm-hmm. What happens if they step up and have a really monster year like they were when they were in the bubble because they made the Stanley Cup Finals? You know, I do have them in a multi horse race for the wild card. I do, I do have that. Um, okay, and then you add a team from the north in the Jets that had major success up there, but you still right. don't really know about their defense. They still have great goal. Uh, yeah, Connor Helen Buck still there, still great goaltending. Yep. Yeah, and then you uh, you know, Mark Shifley's gonna gonna have be a marked man for that hit he had. Absolutely. I yes. Of, I think a lot of teams are gonna take exception to that. Um, but they're a playoff contender too so say it's hard man i'll just say the colorado dallas um dallas winnipeg are your top three okay and then if there was a wild card to come out of the central who do you think it would be hmm hmm that one's the hardest. The wild card, yeah. I think, is the hardest to predict here. Uh, I don't. I don't think it's the Yotes. I think. Uh. Uh. Um. Who else? Who else? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? Uh, Nashville, yeah, Dallas. Minnesota, Dallas. Uh, I'll say Minnesota makes the wild card. Okay. Yeah, I. Yeah. I could definitely see that. So you have Colorado, Winnipeg. Um, Dallas, Dallas, and then you have the wild as the uh, the wild card. Okay, right. I respect it, Adam. How about you? What do you got coming out of this central division? I'm a little disappointed in the lack of Blackhawks love over here. Oh, yeah. Went and got the one of the best goaltenders right now in Mark Andre Fleury. Mm-hmm. They, I think, I feel like with that acquisition, uh, I was looking at their team. Uh, with Jonathan Taze coming back, I think they make a strong push for almost a, uh, because it's Chicago, a last dance sort of season um, before I think the wheels start to fall off. Uh, All pun intended. Yes, exactly. Especially with the Chicago team. That was, that was really well done. Thank you. Um, so I feel like they're going to make a run at it. I don't know if they bump Colorado out. I feel like, uh, Bane, you might be right about Colorado being the clear cut number one coming mm-hmm. central but i think chicago makes that bid uh with some of the moves they've made and jonathan Tays coming back into the lineup minnesota is a weird one nashville and arizona i've already thrown out arizona, i don't think just their goaltending alone scares me on in a bad way not a good way i they're the buffalo sabers i feel like of the uh west western conference mm-hmm. so i i just don't see anything coming out of arizona Nashville, I think they're on the down downswing. They're accelerating a rebuild. I don't think they're going to get there. Winnipeg coming back into the central. I feel like they struggle. I just have that sense. They might make a push for the wild card, but I don't know. Right. So 
I don't consider. So I think I'm going to look at Colorado one, Chicago two, Minnesota three, and Winnipeg makes the wild card. Okay. Okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, yeah, I was going to see, I was going to wait and see if anybody brought up the Blackhawks because I have them making the playoffs here. Uh, just because of the acquisitions, the returns, I still think this is a good team, even missing Duncan Keith uh, on the back end. Uh, you, you add Mark Andre Fleury, you're immediately made a better, a better team. That's just, that's just the truth. Um, so I do have the Colorado Avalanche winning this division, hands down. I don't think anybody will topple them for that. Uh, as far as second, I don't have the Blackhawks, but I do have the Wild. I do think they're going to have a much better year this year and build off of last year's uh, successful year, uh, and they're going to be in second. And then I have the Blackhawks in third. And then this race for the Wild card is wild, <laughs> pun intended, because <laughs> the Wild are in the division. Because um, I have Dallas, St. Louis, and Winnipeg all being heavy contenders for that wild card. And I do think just based off of how last year went, and if they can repeat it, I do have Winnipeg in the wild card there. So I have Colorado, Minnesota, Chicago, and then Winnipeg. Um, so there is your central division breakdown from the boys and on the power play. Unless you guys have anything else, that'll do it for episode Jason Allison 41. Dog days of summer are over, baby. The dog We're... days of summer are ending. We have hockey on the horizon, folks. On September 25th, the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens will be facing off at 7 p.m. If you need your hockey fix, that's where you can get it. I don't know where you can watch it, but I'm sure that you savvy folks of the internet are going to be able to find it because we all have our ways of finding it. Uh, for those of you that are feeling a bit brisk, feeling a little bit cold, right now as the uh, the mornings and the nights are becoming a bit colder. We have sweatshirts, blankets, winter wear, all the stuff you need on our merch stores. Those links are in our social media bios on Twitter and Instagram at OTPP pod on Instagram and Twitter. Go buy that stuff up. I just bought two sweatshirts. Uh, I just bought my girlfriend a workout tank top. It's good Ooh. for everybody. Go wear it. Go support us. That would be awesome. Other than that, that'll do it for this episode on the Power Play. We out. We love you.